Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With 60 years of fascinating facts, this is the man from yesterday. Back in time we go to this time in 1982. Well, it's official. Don Henley and Glenn Fry have broken up the Eagles. Each has solo albums in the works here in 1982. The new kid in town. Everybody loves you. So don't let them down. And from this time in 2005, Ken Jennings, who won 74 games on Jeopardy! loses a three-day tournament of champs and a two million dollar prize to a pennsylvania contestant this term for a long-handled gardening tool can also mean an immoral pleasure seeker ken what's a hoe no <laughs> whoa whoa and back in time to this time in 1969 while conducting their montreal bed in for peace at the queen elizabeth hotel John and Yoko Lennon put out a call for recording equipment. Someone wrote oversized lyrics to their new song, Give Peace a Chance, and placed them up on a wall in their suite so everyone could see. With more at manfromyesterday.com. Inland Empire, are you ready for a block party? Teamsters Local 1932 is holding its third annual Spring Fling Car Show and Cruise on May 21st on the corner of 4th Street and Sierra Way in San Bernardino, starting at 10 a.m. This is a fun-filled time for the whole family, so come out and enjoy the event on Saturday, May 21st at 10 a.m. It's the Rockefeller's Music Festival, May 21st and 22nd at the Dysart Equestrian Center in Banning. More than 21 rock bands, including the top tribute bands in the nation, performing for you over two days with headliners Pat Travers. Boom, boom, out go lights. And the Zappa Band. Van Halen, Crazy Town, Cottonmouth Kings, Skinnerd and Company, Whole Lot of Lead, and more. Get your tickets now at Rockefellas.live. RV camping, food vendors, and a great time for all. Let's get live outside at the Rockefellas Music Festival. 
Comic-Con Revolution is returning to the Inland Empire May 21st and 22nd for its 5th anniversary convention. We are once again bringing an all-star lineup of comic talent, professional wrestlers, celebrities, toys, collectibles, and family-friendly fun to the Ontario Convention Center. As always, kids 12 and under are free with a paid adult, so mark your calendar for the 5th anniversary of Comic-Con Revolution this May 21st and 22nd at the Ontario Convention Center. For more information, go to www.comicconrevolution.com. Silva and Silva Law is here for all your living trust needs. As attorneys, it's hard to tell someone it's too late to draft a will or living trust. Planning for one's final wishes is never easy, and the last thing you want to do is leave a mess for your children to clean up, or even worse, have to go through the probate process. Silva and Silva Law is a father-daughter law firm located in downtown Redlands. Find us on Facebook or call 909-798-1500. 909-798-1500. Have your revocable living trust drafted by an experienced attorney and tailored to your specific needs. Call Silva and Silva Law, 909-798-1500. You may think every weather app is the same until you see WeatherBug over-deliver on so many layers. With more free map layers than any other weather app, WeatherBug warns you the moment lightning strikes near you, prepares you for your commute with road conditions, routes, and even cameras. With everything from pollen and air quality to severe storm risks, radar, and satellite coverage, WeatherBug prepares you for the unpredictable. Download the WeatherBug app, trusted by over 10 million users, today for free. If you're ready for a Las Vegas vacation, here's an offer you can't refuse. The Vegas Travel Center is offering three days and two nights in Vegas free. Just call 909-406-7400. The offer includes accommodations with two free tickets to Great Las Vegas Entertainment with free meals. So if you're planning a trip to Vegas, you need to jump on this right now. Just call 909-406-7400. Obviously, an offer like this is not going to last. So call now, 909-406-7400 for your three-day, two-night Vegas vacation. That number again, 909-406-7400. Call now. K-C-A-A. No matter what it is in life that you want, you gotta go out there and get it. Still nothing come to a sleeper but a dream. Never give up on your goals, stay focused on you. Focus your view, succeed, cause I'm hoping you do. Keep climbing up the ladder, cause the key to success. Go hard and go home, never settle for less. Life is stress, but we gotta deal with it, homie. Send a prayer to the man to put a shield on it. Work hard for what you get, appreciate what you got. You can always improve, just don't stop. Going for your dream to achieve in your life. Take a chance like rolling the dice It won't come to you so you gotta go get it At the end of the day Add up the digits Miss Price used to say if there's a will there's a way So I live by it until this very day I kept on mashing and I never gave up Me believing in myself is the way I came up Don't you But the pain and the progress Face to face with the strain of the process Don't live your life 
Robert Porter with the I Love San Bernardino County Radio Show on KCAMBC 106.5 FM, 102.3 FM, 10.50 AM, where we will talk politics, culture, and history. We should have a good show today. We got my uh, good buddy, Commissioner James Albert, in the house. How you doing today, brother? Good, good. How you doing, Robert? I'm pretty good. He's going to be speaking on ranked voting in a little bit. And uh, if she is, she's on her way right now, uh, we'll have Allie Payne, who's uh, going to be a write-in candidate for the second ward of San Bernardino. And uh, she's racing on over here right now. Um, uh, she's a busy lady, busy lady, uh, working over at Disneyland, commissioner on the Arts and Historical Preservation Commission, which I just came from. And uh, um, ran and run over to, to Fontana, so she's heading right on back over here. So, so we're going to work this all out today. But uh, before we get to that, I'd like to mention our sponsors. Celebrities Bar and Grill over on 40th Street. Max Zaire and his wife Zoe um, do some incredible things for the community. Right now, they're helping um, the Black Chamber of Commerce uh, organize and and uh, uh, do the Juneteenth celebrations coming up. And uh, but he's involved in everything. Uh, and of course, he sells good food. And he, uh, you know, he's got drinks over there. I only be drinking the, the the virgin daiquiris, but I still like me some virgins, man. Oh, that's a good good stuff. Good stuff. All right. Um, I'd also like to mention. Um, well, a lot of you might have questions about how do you, you know, how do you contact the city about something? Like, how do you, like, fix a pothole? Or, or how do you uh, yell at your council member? <laughs> well, uh, this is how you do it. How do I request city services? See a pothole that needs fixing? Graffiti? Broken sprinkler? Illegal dumping? Contact us online at SB. C-I-T-Y dot org, O-R-G, slash S-B-A-C-C-E-S-S. S-B-City dot org, slash S-B-Access. And that's the online version. So you can, uh, you know, take some pictures, send it on in, uh, get to know them. Then there's the mobile app. That's Go S-B-City. Open the app, select your issue, and take a picture and send. And you get that mobile app, uh... I think on the, the city website. So you go to SanBernardinoCity.org and you can download it. And, uh, or you can call this number, 909-384-7272, 909-384-7272, Monday through Thursday, 7.30 a.m. to 5.30 p.m., and Friday, 7.30 a.m. to 4.30 p.m. And uh, you can visit uh, all the, the, our website, of course, at www.sbcity.org. And the location of the city um, is right now at uh, 200, um, 290 Northeast, Northeast Street, San Bernardino, California, 92401. So that's a little uh, flyer they give out to everybody. And uh, um, if, you know, it, it's important to turn these potholes in. I've done it. Mm -hmm. um, with, the, with the help of Amy, we turned in a pothole and they came out and fixed it, right? Go. So if they don't really know about the pothole, how can they fix it? So uh, that, that, that's got to be our job. And if you see new graffiti, you know, they'll send the graf graffiti removal team out there. And uh, uh, legal dumping, of course, we have a big problem with that. Um, uh, last meeting uh, for the Neighborhood Association meeting for uh, um, Valencia, we, uh, Officer Grade, um, was asking us a few things like what what what, what would we fix in the city if we needed their help, and when, um, one person mentioned 
um, Sierra Way and uh, Highland, there's a, a vacant field there that's not really a, a homeless encampment, but more of a homeless uh, drop-off dump, and then also where other people have dumped stuff, right, mm. together. So they went out there and cleaned it all up. I mean, it sparkled by the time they were done. I was really impressed with the work they did over there. And uh, I want to thank Sergeant Gray for, uh, you know, attending our meetings in the first place, but also for, you know, taking care of uh, some of the stuff. Um, we had mentioned that there was some problem with parking on one of our streets, and uh, he, he took care of it. He went out and uh, cited some people for parking illegally in the red zones and stuff, mm -hmm. and uh, um, even called my mom and let her know. So um, uh, that's kind of some yeah. awesome stuff, right? Yeah. So uh, SBPD... They, they work really hard. Um, I don't know if you all know this, but it's divided into four districts, north, south, east, and west. And and I, I think in each district they have uh, 10 officers per shift. And that's a lot of work to do yeah. in your area. Yeah. And uh, they, they uh, have been getting a little flack for trying to take down these, uh, um, what do they call, street takeover groups, right? Mm. So they'll... So th there's these uh, youngsters that, and there's some older guys too, right? That are riding their quads and, and vehicles that aren't made for the street. They're motorcycles, doing wheelies, taking over whole areas, um, not following traffic laws, being, being pretty much unsafe. Um, w when there's places to do that, you know, you get a permit and you go out into the, the dune buggy areas and the ATV areas. I mean, I like quad runners. I, I rode them all over sand dunes and done all that stuff. Mm -hmm. But uh, on the street, like someone just recently died in Highland because they were riding their, their and hit a vehicle. Mm -hmm. So you got to be careful doing that stuff. And there's reasons why there's these laws. But even the SBPD said that's low priority for us. We have murders. We have robberies. We have carjackings. We have assaults. Um, there's a lot more for them to worry about that's more important in their eyes and they consider that a lower priority but the people they see it and they hear that loud motorcycle and everything so they they make more complaints about that so it's true the squeaky wheel gets the grease and the cspd work for us they are paid with our tax dollars right so they have to do they need it's part of their job to help do the things that we want done, right? Mm -hmm. So even though we do also want less murders and stuff, that's a little bit harder to control. Gang Gangs are usually responsible for that. I mean, occasionally there's a domestic violence issue, but most of the time it's gangs. So it's a whole other level of dealing with murder and stuff like mm -hmm. that. And if there is a murder, then they have to do a lot more paperwork, a lot more investigation, Plus, a, 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 a detective has to come out as well. So it's a lot more uh, formal mm -hmm. than just, you know, taking street, Definitely. you know, street takeover people off the street, right? Absolutely. So uh, that's why, like, the more we, we uh, throw on their plate that's not as important, the, the less time, the more time it takes to get to us. And, and so, like, that's why we need more police officers. Now, in, in my opinion, if we could get a at least to the level it was. Um... Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere 
and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. I think it was like close to 500 at one point. And then we were up down. So we're not even close. We're at 300 and something. So like maybe we need to get it up a little bit higher. Maybe not 500. I don't know. Whatever. Because mm. we know we can't afford that much. Mm. Right? So like paying for this stuff is a big deal. Yeah. Right. So it's a give and take. But believe me, the police officers do love us. Mm -hmm. They do care. Uh, They have that face on when you meet them out in their uniform. Right. That is kind of a scary face because they they have to deal with a lot of scary situations. But you get those guys in uniform at like coffee with a cop or get them at the neighborhood association meetings or uh, um, uh, national night out. They're smiling, um, and if they do have that hardcore face, I tease them about it, and they'll get a smile out of them. Mm-hmm. And that's your opportunity to ask them, hey, you think you could move into the city? Is there any way? How will we get you to move into San Bernardino? Yeah. And as they're adding more and more youth, more and more locals are be- joining the police force. Yeah. So this will be a good thing in the future. Yeah. And uh, these are our Warriors team. I mean, that's our army out there right now. And yeah. some people say... Well, I'll never call the police because they just cause more problems or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I always tell them, I go, oh, you'll, you will never call the police until you have to call the police, mm-hmm. right? Well, I think, uh, you know, uh, in, in a recent meeting that we were both at with the 7th Ward uh, meeting that uh, Councilman Alexander put on for, for the ward in the community, one of the things that jumped out at me was uh, the police officer who was there on site. Uh, officer about- Fi- uh, Lieutenant Fivey. There you go. Uh, he talked about the homelessness crisis right now that's going on in our city, statewide, nationwide, global, really. Uh, and he talked about the kind of the process. There's two pathways, right? Once the once the police officers uh, talk to the homeless and there's that sighting and they bring them in, they either do the catch and release or they have that screening process to see if they have if they're needing of, of treatment. And one of the things that I that I would, would really like to know is how many of those folks that are unhoused are getting diverted into treatment and care support and are not just being, you know, go, go back onto the, onto the street yeah. with no support. And even if they do go to jail, um, there's, there's violent criminals in there Absolutely. That, that take up all the space. Absolutely. So, yeah, like, so I don't know, like, uh, I, I just want to give the SBPD a, a, a high five. I, like, I understand you guys aren't perfect, but I do know that they do work hard and they do care about the city of San Bernardino, and they they want to have high morale. They mm-hmm. want it to be safer. Definitely, um, it, it's just sometimes these things aren't easily solved. That's right. Um, also, we got community dump day, right? So, uh, uh, what's today? What's May? Sixteenth. May sixteenth. So our next community dump day is May twenty first at Antrails Park. 1367 North California Street on the, on the west side over there. Uh, the city, uh, uh, so uh, this is for household refuse only. Be prepared to show proof of residency with a driver's license or gas electric water bill. No hazardous materials. This includes paints, oils, batteries, or, and household or industrial chemicals. No construction materials and no commercial vehicles. Oh, there's Allie. How you doing? Come on in. Here's your seat right here. <laughs> Commissioner Payne is in the house. Hello, San Bernardino, and everybody else tuning in. <laughs> let me let me make sure you're on there. All right. 
So uh, b- before we get into uh, what 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 Ali's uh, out, um, running as a writing candidate, we're going to talk a little bit about ranked voting. Have you heard anything about ranked voting before? I've heard a little bit of buzz about it. So uh, w- James, uh, c- can you give us like a what what is ranked voting anyways? Like like in a nutshell, and then we'll get into the details. Sure. So uh, essentially, ranked choice voting, or also called instant runoff uh, voting, uh, gives voters the power to rank their candidates in order of preference, as opposed to the current system, where essentially people are only allowed to vote for one candidate uh, per race. Uh, And essentially what we're seeing uh, in our currently flawed system is essentially right now we're seeing a very highly polarized community, people on, on all sides, not necessarily talking to one another, uh, another thing we see is uh, not necessarily representative outcomes, right? Since our country's founding, uh, we haven't had parity in terms of enough women in our government, enough people of color in our government. Um, you know, and for, again, at the, at the start of our country's history, only property owners could vote. Then it turned into the, uh, to the turn of the 20th century. Women got, finally got the right to vote uh, in the early 1900s. Then the, vo- the, the, age, the voting age got lowered to, uh, was it 18, during the whole uh, Vietnam, uh, Vietnam War um, situation where people were not able to vote until they were 21 years old but were being sent to war regardless at 18. And so I think ranked choice voting is the next evolution uh, in our democracy that we really need to look at um, because, again, so many people, especially in our city, are not being heard. Um, and I think it is definitely a rare reform that we're seeing across the country uh, that is bringing people together regardless of their ideological preferences and really encouraging consensus building. Uh, it's encouraging more positive campaigning, issue-based campaigning, uh, and again, producing more representative outcomes as shown in the, in the areas that it's been implemented and adopted. So, so, okay, so I picked my candidate for mayor, my number one choice. Mm-hmm. I write down it. Now, it, I have a second choice, so I, I pick them too. What about a third choice? Or does it go like that? Or Yeah, so essentially uh, one, one of the big things actually is that instead of having two elections, a primary and a general election to produce a majority winner, one of the big benefits of ranked choice voting is that we, we would just need one election in the general election when the most representative electorate comes out to vote. Using this ranked choice voting system, it would still produce a majority winner. Um, and so essentially in that rank, rank system, a voter could use the traditional way and vote for one candidate if they wanted to, and that would be done. Or they could also ma- amplify their voice and say, well, I really like this candidate first, so I'm going to vote for them first, but I do like these other candidates too, so I want to rank them second and so, third. So, so the ranking gives them a... a a certain amount of a vote like uh well it's been it's been uh you know gone to the courts and the preservation of one person one vote has been upheld and again in areas that it's been adopted there's not been an issue in terms of uh, that being an issue in terms of so like like what i mean is like so my second choice how much of a vote is out so essentially how the the counting actually works is that in a rank system they would vote they would count up all the first place votes first right and if a candidate does not receive 50% plus one, then the candidate with the least amount of first place votes would be dropped from, from consideration, but the remaining choices would be allocated to their, to their uh, allocated to the remaining candidates that they chose as their backup candidates. So essentially, again, it's that instant runoff voting that if we were to have a separate runoff election, they would have simply just voted for those uh, follow-up choices in a, in a separate election. But because of the ranked choice voting system, we don't have to have a separate election that costs taxpayer taxpayer money more 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 money. We can just have simply have it in one election where the most representative electorate comes out to vote in an election cycle, and that ranking system produces that majority winner. 
So say my first choice doesn't win um, the majority, um, but someone else's first choice does, and I voted for them and with my second choice. That helps. That helps them, the other, the other person. Uh, tell me that again. So I'm trying to figure out how, mm -hmm. like, how you allocate this, like, my second choice. Mm -hmm. like, so, again, it would start with the candidate that was dropped, that was eliminated at the beginning, right? The candidate that had the least amount of first place uh, uh, votes first, right? Mm -hmm. they're, they're out of consideration. But those candidates, the, the, that voter that voted for that first place, voted, uh, for, for that voted for that first place candidate first, mm -hmm. they still voted for a second place choice, a third place choice. Right, and those uh, uh, those second those follow up action those backup candidates would be reallocated to the, to the el still eligible candidates that are in the race. So, so this is better for a list of voters with more than two. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Th this this essentially this reform would definitely be you would see the biggest difference in races that have uh, three or more candidates. Okay. Right. Did you have something you would like to say? Else? I was just wondering if research showed like. I love the idea of progressive voting and progressive. I love the idea of progressive voting and progressive politics and moving along with the times. And you said there's research to support progressive voting. But does that in any way slow down the results? Because, you know, sometimes we're up at night waiting till midnight to get the results. And it's mm -hmm. like, well, now we got to tally in second, third, and runner up. Like, sure. does that slow it down or does it potentially help the people's choice? Well, I would say that it's more efficient um, because, again, I, that our state is now moving to an all mail ballot uh, uh, election. Right. And again, it, ta it takes about a month or so to certify the results. And there, there wouldn't be a second election, anyways. Exactly. Right. Yeah. So, so instead of having. Save money, potentially. Save money, okay. save time energy <laughs> and also i would also want to say too uh, a smoother transition of power right in terms of san bernardino too many of our elections are being decided in primary elections that don't represent the community as a the whole people. and in, in essence we've seen uh, election cycles re recently actually where council members who are sitting on the dais today uh, were elected in a primary election and had to wait eight months to be seated and and have a voice on the council and that an incumbent that was not, not voted in by the people still stayed in power during that during that lame duck period. Right. Uh, and so, I think, again, I think a ranked choice voting system would create that smoother transition of power where we just simply have one election in November where most where the most representative elector comes out and votes and use this ranked system to produce a majority winner. Well, well the, 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 so like that's just because we have a primary system, but that that in your, the way you're doing it, that that representative would still have the same term. They, they, it would, yes, just, they would, it would just be one election. Right? Correct, yeah, correct. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Their term would just fit with the, the changing. They just uh, won't know. They wouldn't know beforehand, for example, like Kimberly Calvin did, that she was going to be councilwoman because she got 50% of the vote, right? Correct, in yeah. a primary election. And that's, and that's only exclusive to local elections, yeah. right? And, uh, as opposed to, and people should have their ballots now, when, you, when candidates are running for a state legislature or Congress, even if you get 50% plus one, they're, they're going to go to a runoff in the general election. But with local candidates, and think about think about these important elections that are taking place at the local level, this election cycle, sheriff, DA, judge, judges, council, council uh, mayor. mayor. And, and again, too many of these elections are being decided by electorates that don't represent the lived experiences of our city as a whole. And again, I think instead of taking a lifetime to have a cultural shift to encourage people to come out and vote in primary elections, I think we should recognize uh, the, the flaws in our current system and meet people where they're at, which is, again, the general election, and, have a, and use a better system that has so many benefits and brings people together, especially in our city, I think is critical at this time.
Um, so now I want you to flip roles. I want you to tell me what what do the people against this feel are the positive aspects of keeping it the same, and what do they find wrong with the ranked fo- voice or uh, ranked choice voting? So well, I'll what let, are the cons? Basically? Sure, yeah. Um, well, I'll let the opponents do their campaigning for for themselves, <laughs> <laughs> but I will say that you know. Um, as if I put my shoe, put myself in the shoes of an elected council member, right? They're gonna, uh, they tend to kind of say uh, that one, I was elected by this current system, and so why would I want to change the system that I was successful? Yeah, in, why would in you want to risk it and right? lose your seat? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so again, that's where I, I kind of run, a, uh, you know, kind of saw how it worked with the redistricting commission in the city of San Bernardino, and and ultimately, again, we need to recognize that this 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 reform is popular with. Everyday people with with liberals, with moderates, with progressives, it's bringing people together. It's been adopted in conservative cities, progressive cities, moderate cities, um, and I think at, at the end of the day, our decision makers need to put the the, the interests of the public first over their self interest. Is there so there, there's to me right now it'd be hard to get the votes on our current council. Is there an initiative process that you might use to maybe? try to get it on the ballot from a people's perspective versus them actually putting it on the ballot? Uh, that's de- that's definitely one way to do it. Um, but given the timeline that we're under, right, we we actually got the unanimous support of the city's charter review committee uh, led by the chair of uh, Phil Savage there, also a 7th Ward uh, member. Again, unanimous support on a charter review, on a committee, uh, again, in a highly polarized uh, city. And so, and, and that was only a couple months ago now, and one of the ways that we were able to help bridge that gap is we did a presentation for that charter review committee of the pros and cons of this reform. And I think that's ultimately what led to that support. And so given our tight timeline, because we have until the end of July to convince our, our ultimately the mayor and council to put this on a November ballot, we thought that this was the most viable way uh, to, to see the results that we wanted to see. And, and obviously, if we, if we don't see that um, after July, then obviously we'll have to look at other alternatives to getting this, getting so, this before so the voters. This is something I, I wouldn't think you should rush. Um, I, it's, already, it's already a little confusing, <laughs> and politicians use that kind of stuff to their advantage. I would start working on getting the money together to have walkers to go get the signatures and aim for the next uh, presidential election and go full board and get you know, do what we did with the cannabis initiatives and actually bypass the political system and let the people truly decide what they want. But you said you said the key word and you said that you think that this issue is confusing. And in the areas that it's actually been adopted and implemented, the voters in terms of exit polls have overwhelmingly said this is not confusing. And me as a voter in the city of San Bernardino, I think our current system, which is that I think is flawed, is more confusing, right? Because in in essence, where we, we some voters, uh, especially in primary elections, are forced to think about: Do I vote for the candidate that best represents my principles and values, or do I vote for the candidate I think is "quote unquote" more viable in terms of who's raised the most money? Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people are seeing that, especially in the ra- race for mayor. That again, do I vote for the candidate that best represents me, or do I think do I vote for the candidate that has the best chance of, of making the runoff in November? And I think that's more confusing to me, as opposed to a system that has so many benefits that have, that we've already talked about. I, I, I get what you're saying. I, I, just watching how new political ideas form and are actually adopted, it's not a quick process. And Absolutely. like, there's always a lot of resistance to change because change brings conflict. So like, like 
like trying to rush this what something's as, as important as this trying to rush it through like i i guess it could be a practice run but i don't i really don't see them adopting it um through the council like i think like maybe it what about us is a state considering anything like this so in terms of the state law right san Bernardino is perfectly positioned for this reform because state law only grants uh cities and local local governments that are chartered communities that have a charter and san Bernardino again has a chart is a chartered city uh, it, this can't be applied to cities like Redlands. Can C this be applied to statewide elections? Uh, it could be. Uh, we, we need to build the support in, in the state legislature. So, so, so but I, that I could see might be a precedent then, like if, if you know, if the assemblymen and... Yeah, but know? I think I think if in my experience with politics, right, all change starts at the local level, mm -hmm. you know, in our communities. It doesn't it doesn't happen in the halls of, uh, of Congress. It doesn't happen in the in Sacramento. Change happens when everyday people come together and, and advocate and build a movement to say enough is enough. Our system is already a conflict. Our system is perpetuating highly polarized communities. It really is, yes. And, and this reform, again, is showing that people can come together, put their, put their differences aside for a second, and amplify the voices of the actual of the actual community. And I think this reform is the perfect perfect moment for our times to look at and consider. And even if you don't support it, wouldn't you like to have this debate in November of, of uh, later this year oh, and put I, it before the voters? I, I would love to, but like I know, I know Phil Savage very well. Ch Chairman Savage is is an incredible mind. He mm -hmm. really is very smart. He knows what he's doing. And when he's up there saying that I'm going to have to resign because you guys are not paying attention to me, that tells me that they ain't paying attention to him. And and I don't even think if he resigned, they would care. Because I didn't see them like, I didn't even see their eyes no flicker up to there. That yeah, like. Well, I think, I think uh, you know, that's definitely a big concern, right? Because Phil's been here in San Bernardino, tried and true for his entire life, longer yeah, than probably you, all of us if, put if together combined. If they truly respected it, they would be like, you know, there might be a little not, but like I, I think yeah. I think the yeah. I think the thing we're up against, right, is that we're currently in an election cycle, and Possibly. again, three of the council members, uh, three of the council members, and the mayor are, are up for re-election this year, and so they not necessarily want to consider this during the time when ballots are out. It's a crucial time to play with the system. Yeah, exactly, it, it, um, exactly. The, the other thing I would mention is after the primary's over, uh, the, there's no need for ranked choice voting because there's only two candidates left. So, like, it wouldn't even make a difference once they're in the general election. Well, not, not necessarily. Again, uh, there's no – who knows what's going to happen in this primary election. But, again, after after the election is decided, which is Tuesday, June 7th, um, we're going to have between essentially June 7th and the end of July. It's actually the last day to make this decision at the regularly scheduled meeting is going to follow my birthday, July 20th. Uh, so hopefully, you know, the stars are aligned and, and hopefully we can at least get a presentation before the mayor and council because I think there is that, that education that needs to happen, not only with the decision makers, yeah. but also the public at large. It would just be on the ballot anyway. So nothing would change until the next election anyway. So Correct. You, it would... Correct, yeah, but this is a critical yeah. time that we need to build support and and yeah. talk to the issues that people are struggling with right now with this ongoing election and say, is this the election? Is this the electoral system that you want, and can we make improvements on it? If you can convince them, dude, and it gets on the ballot, it sounds very interesting to me. And um, uh, I, I think you got to keep doing this. I got you got to keep explaining the process because um, sometimes I'm a little slow, and Absolutely. I learned one system, and now like I'm learning something new, and yeah. like. It sounds like it has a possibility. Maybe even live, it got a little 
flyer chart that shows what yeah. happens, right? And one of the things that we're committing to as a coalition for this uh, for this reform is that after it's after it's successful, and I think one day it will be. I don't know how soon, but we're going to commit to making sure that we work with the, the city leadership to educate the community on it, making sure that the implementation goes smoothly, but also make sure that we're engaging the stakeholders to understand how the system, how the new system works, and how again we can appeal to the broadest electorate possible uh, and really reduce our polarization. And, and, and focus on the main thing here exactly money right so you focus on the money that you will save by not having another election well there's there's also that but i think one of the things that has plagued san bernardino for long for too long is that we get in our little silos and we can't work together yeah. and again with this new system we're encouraged to build that consensus beyond our disagreements and and get and get to get to the issues it's that matter just, most whenever i talk to politicians when you mention money that's a way to get money like this is a way to get money without having to do much, uh -huh. right? That's then they listen. Yeah, then the they people. listen, yeah. right? If it costs them money, yeah, but you, I then mean, they don't. They're like, wait a second, where are you going to get this money from? You know, like, yeah, or no. the expense of educating everybody on the new system. Yep. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I, I do believe it has a chance. I mean, it sounds very interesting, and it doesn't sound unfair at all. Um, I just uh, s I saw the resistance up there, and I'm feeling it a little yeah. bit. So I get this is just like cannabis. Got to keep punching it, yeah. punching it, punching it, and then like say, hey, this is this is going to actually get money out of the bad system and help bring good money to the system. I, right? That's it. But and I think too, again, uh, the fact that it has been shown to produce more representative outcomes, and again, in a city that is majority women, that's something that I learned during the redistricting commission process, and yet we only have 25 percent of the elected city city leadership seats that are represented by women, I think that this is, again, a key reform that could bridge that gap and help build that, that consensus that consensus that we need. Well, well we have a, a, someone who's are trying to change it. Well, I, he would, I guess you would replace Sandra, so it'd still be 25% up there, right? But, so you're running for the second ward of San Bernardino. Um, you, you started late, so you're running as a writing candidate. So you might as well start off with spelling your name correctly and letting everybody know. All right there. Hey, Sam Rodino. So most of you know me as Ellie Payne. I am Alyssa Payne, however, going for second ward city council candidate as a write-in. So you won't see me on the ballot. You just got to remember my name and write it in if you can or if you agree with what I'm trying to move forward with. So, so Allie, you're, you're a San Bernardino commissioner, just like uh, um, Mr. Albert over here. Uh, yes. what, what did you... Uh, um, what, what are your positions? Uh, so I currently sit on two commission boards. I sit on Parks and Recreation and Arts and Historical Preservation. I'm a mom before anything, longtime resident of Second Ward, and never did I ever, not to play that game, but never did I ever think I'd be a politician. It's just something that has become more of a necessity and like a matter of livelihood for me and my neighbors and my community and my kids. I feel like somebody needs to step up and try to just make a little bit of change. Well, let's start off uh, with, with some of the things you've done in our community. Um, t t tell us about the Christmas trees. Well, first of all, let me just give as many accolades as I can to Robert Porter. Um, I think becoming <laughs> the man right here. Um, I relocated San Bernardino years and years ago with my kids and try to get involved in the community came across this little page called Isla San Bernardino that was informative and entertaining, and mm -hmm. Robert was a pretty cool dude. Well, and thank you, thank you. <laughs> just um, as a mom, just started planning different events. Like you said, the Christmas tree event where 
we're going on our fourth annual year. We collect used Christmas trees, new Christmas trees, artificial, of course. We set up a fake Christmas tree lot, and we give local teachers invites to give San Bernardino students an invite to come out and pick a Christmas tree like they're at a real Christmas tree lot. Um, before school starts, we get local barbers together from San, um, Inland Empire, J.C. Penney's, local barbers that have their own shops who give haircuts to kids. And I'm not a nonprofit. I'm not a politician. I'm just a mom. And found the power of social media. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Thank you to um, part uh, San Bernardino. Uh, I love San Bernardino. Uh, I would not uh, keep uh, non-for-profit out of your mind. Um, that might be something... Right, because it might help me do more for the kids. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, once you have those numbers, it's basically what it, what it is, is having the piece of paper, right? With right. Anything. You could go to places like Home Depot, ask them, who, and you know what who gives you real Christmas trees? Could they possibly donate some to this cause? And you know what? the commu- And I hate that I don't have that. That is the future goal. But right now I'm using whatever soapbox I have, and mm-hmm. um, the community has been a powerful one. I've been able to collect um, books from local parents and teachers, and we set up little shelves in local liquor stores so kids can get take a book, leave a book for free. And um, just little things that we can do as moms, as community members, that make a small difference. And um, the opportunity arose to run for city council. It was never, like I said, something that I planned, but I'm willing to stand on the soapbox for the rest of my community and demand the change that we deserve. So uh, if, if, if you were elected to the city of San Bernardino uh, as a council member for the second ward, uh, what would you do about our, our homeless, uh, our, our unsheltered situation? You know, that's really a sensitive subject for a lot of people, especially in the state of California. Lived, was part of a military family for a long time, so lived in a lot of different states, and you don't see that problem as much as you do in California. And it's a sensitive subject because a lot of us are one or two paychecks away from being in the same situation, living in our car or motel. You know, I've been there before. And I think that the root of a lot of our problems, I'm not saying the only problem that we have in San Bernardino, but the root is homelessness because that contributes to crime, that contributes to encampments, that contributes to unnecessary calls to first responders, that contributes to safety and trash. So if we focus on one of our main problems and start helping those that are in the streets, because they're not just homeless. We have to be honest, a lot of them have mental issues. A lot of them have other issues that they need help, and we need to find those programs to help them. And once we kind of bring down the rate of homelessness and we help kids that are sleeping in cars get out of that situation and we help you know hold these people accountable that are that are sitting on abandoned apartments and are becoming housing for illegal trafficking and illegal drug dealing and illegal squatting um once we get start to work on the problem of homelessness we'll kind of slowly see the trifecta of all the other problems slowly simmer down i I always i always interview uh candidates and they always have their answers to, to homelessness and a lot of times they run into problems once they get in because they need votes um the main issue to me is they need a place to house them so right. like we have to be able to get money to be able to create uh, uh some type of hospital atmosphere not prison right. but more like like 
the counselors right there. Uh, there's a doctor there to give you your methadone. Right. Um, there's there, there's a place for you to stay the night, no matter what. If you need a place to go, the police can take you there. Not not like now that we don't have enough beds. So like the, the Supreme Court says, you cannot remove someone off the sidewalk unless you have a place to place them. Mm-hmm. And uh, but like like you said, there's mental like the, the, if there's a hundred homeless people or unsheltered. There's a hundred different situations on why they're there, right? Right. So, so some of them we can work on, like like the, especially um, unsheltered with kids who are living in their cars. Correct. They want to get off the street right. immediately, mm-hmm. but some like I've talked to them, they're like, I don't. I, I I like. They really love the lifestyle they live. So I yeah. think that our biggest problem is. Um, a lack of communication. Um, we are in the murder capital of California. We are in one of the homeless capitals of California. But the great thing about San Bernardino that I love is that there are so many people and nonprofits and that care re- that care. But the problem is the lack of local government communication with all these nonprofits and all these people. And I think that if we were to create t- some type of system or affordable system and start to work together, we can be like, hey, you know what to do with the mentals. Hey, the mental patients are the people that need more than just housing. And you know what to do with the parents and the students. There's programs through the school district and there's programs through social services. If we're to build a bridge of communication and then slowly, as we do that, branch out and hold tenants that are sitting on abandoned properties accountable and hold businesses that allow the loitering and disbursement of illegal drugs accountable and hold politicians that are accepting money from these businesses that are allowing this accountable, we slowly start to just narrow down and break down this big spider web of issues. And I think there's a lack of communication and accountability because I ran a homeless shower, Robert, you know, I think you showed up a couple times on 13th and D and, um, you know, it was a grassroots project. It was just kind of a bunch of community members. We built a shower in the back of a local pastor's truck. And the sad thing about it was we had more kids from San Bernardino School District coming to shower than we did transients or drug users or homeless people. So that shows the need. And being that they're minors in the state of California, there's more programs available that they must not know about. So we need to bridge that gap of communication and accountability. And I think we can start to narrow down the problems. Well, one of the things that I've been encouraged by, especially with the nonprofits, is what uh, what Step Up on Second has uh, actually done and actually already engaged the council, the county, right. uh, and the, st- the state of California in terms of accessing those housing is key uh, programs and starting to convert uh, those ho- that hotel over there by the Carousel Mall off of G Street. And it's going to provide o- o- upwards of uh, over 70 homes to people that are homeless and have wraparound services services there on site. Uh, so I think that's, again, uh, one, of the, one of the things that you talked about in terms of how the government at, from the state to the federal to the state to the local level can work together to maximize our resources. Because and I think that's a great program. Yeah, that's there's money out doing. there. There's grants out there. There's programs out there. And a lot of times one person will hit a brick wall and just give up. And Definitely. then we come to a car full of kids parked out across the street from their school. Definitely. So communication and accountability is key. Um, I... I I tell everybody that I that will listen. We need to have the unsheltered homeless issue on the agenda every, every single <laughs> time we have a meeting, right? Right. And it's just it it's uh, it's it's fleeting. It's just like murder in San Bernardino. Yeah. It's not on the agenda a lot. Well, yeah. I, and like like they that's one thing I think politicians need to do, and that's. 
I think that's what hurts me the most is because, like I said, I love the people. I love the schools. I love the teachers. I even love the politicians as crazy as some of them are. <laughs> they somewhere deep down have good intent. <laughs> and I love that as Sam, about San Martino is I love the heart. But when you're just working in a city and you're just driving through a city, it's different than when you're walking to the store and you see your son's classmates outside in a car. It's different than when you see your coworker with her kids trying to shower at a park. It's different when Saturday morning you're in line for the food bank and you see more kids and there's food. It's a bigger issue. So unless you have that heart, unless you have that drive, and unless it's something that you deal with every day, it breaks my heart that there's council members that live blocks away from when there's kids sleeping in cars and crawling out by pedophiles and tents going to school. That's not okay. And it's not that we're asking for any favoritism or anything above the ordinary. We're asking for basic services. And so somebody needs to step up because it's, it's like I said, it's a matter of necessity now. It's a matter of me. My kids were in a drive-by drive a week before last, coming home from Lincoln Elementary, 3.30 in the afternoon, just a basic drive-by. I live 100 feet from an encampment where we get homeless, pulling out their private areas, um, San Bernardino students from the high school have to walk by these abandons and, and who knows who's coming out of these tents. And that's what breaks my heart because if you're cashing a paycheck and you're driving through these neighborhoods, you should be giving your all to these kids that deserve it. So uh, the, the next thing, I, that's a hard question. And like, to be honest, no one that's ever been on this show that I've or ever talked to has actually really can solve it. It's going to take... A team effort, a like you said, it's actually going to probably take a big money from state and federal resources with the local effort. But right? I, I would argue the current the current crisis is actually more expensive than what we're talking about solu the solutions. It, I, it's more I, it's more expensive to I, to throw I, ag the, I agree to throw the problem in jail. It's and, more expensive and, to not treat the problem. And, and the worst the, the 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 other problem I see is the people that are NIMBYs, the not in my backyard people. Mm -hmm. They all want to help the homeless until one of those uh, homeless shelters comes to their area. Right. Then they're like, wait a second. Or, or, oh. or, 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 God, or God forbid, they're impacted by the problem personally. Right. Yeah, we yeah. saw that resistance with the local yeah. Department of Social Service office that was put up a year and a half ago. There yeah. was resistance from the community, but that building actually provides housing, motels, yeah. food. So Let, yeah. Let's keep our fingers crossed, and we got good people working on this all over and uh, I, I don't want to discourage anybody. It's no. just we need to talk about this issue, and we need to work on it. And we need to ask the federal government and our state representatives for more money. And they need to send it to us. And they got to say, hey, man, Cali's got the biggest population. We got the largest homeless population. Please. Well, San Bernardino yeah. is one of the biggest cities in San Bernardino County. And our city alone houses 40% of the county's homelessness. So... Yeah, it's, it's a big problem. So uh, now our next thing, uh, violence. We have okay. a lot of violence in our city, and uh, um, my impression is that we don't have enough police officers to handle traffic, much less all the murders and uh, Shootings, violence. Yeah. Robbery. So how are, how how would you deal with that? Uh, there's often been talk of uh, in, in the last few years of defunding the police department. Correct. Um, I, I'm under the pressure that they need more money because they need to hire more people. Yeah. So, like, how, what, what, how would you solve the issue of violence in, in our community? Well, unfortunately, like I said, we live in the murder capital of California. And that's kind of scary to repeat. Like, wow, I live in the murder capital I grew, of California. I grew up <laughs> in the 187 capital in the 90s, believe me. I, I know exactly what it's but, about. But um, I noticed that a lot of people going door to door and I'm meeting residents, a lot of their complaints are police response. And 
we all love first responders or the first people we call out to when we're in trouble. But like I said, I think if we start to tackle homelessness, I would agree that most people would agree that a lot of calls are unnecessary because we're dealing with local transients mm -hmm. or somebody naked outside of Walgreens or somebody. And if we start to disperse those to the proper, you know, the proper entities, they can focus on right. The they can focus yeah. on the on the priorities, and then we and then we look into substations and more funding and and, and expanding our program. But we need to help them out. We're kind of throwing everything on them on them. Well, and well, then, well right now, the, our answer is. Police, police to help and it's the so unfair shelter. because yeah. i've been there when like yeah. a lady's stealing an apple and she's naked in the state of brothers and here come five police cars and a fire truck and there's somebody getting robbed down the street like yeah. we kind of have to help them out and kind of disperse you know appropriate places. And, and i'll take it a step further like i've spoken with police officers that they will not go through a, a they will not go through a green light Mm -hmm. Until they look both ways, right? Mm -hmm. Right. So it just shows that there's a, a sense of law lawlessness that 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 is permeating. Probably not just here; it's probably across the country. And then we kind of send yeah. them into like abandoned buildings and drug hangouts and gang hangouts. If we start shutting that down, it's going to make their job a little safer. And we well, all got to do better. I, I would say two things, and one of them is actually pretty relevant because actually uh, the council is going to be has an agenda item at their next meeting on Wednesday to talk about a presentation regarding our fire services right. uh, here in San Bernardino. As, as I'm sure folks maybe know, uh, we uh, we contracted now. We used to have our own fire department as a city, and now we contract with the county fire uh, county fire protection district. Uh, and one of the parts of that agreement, uh, not only are our, our residents in San Bernardino um, having a parcel tax. Uh, regardless of how big their their property size is, everyone uh, is charged the same amount. Um, but also, we're giving away our property tax revenue to the county to fund it. And as you talked about, property tax revenue is one of the most stable and reliable revenue sources that our city has to offer. And given the 20 years that I've lived here in San Bernardino, through a, through a recession, through a pandemic, uh, we need to make sure that we have stable re revenue sources long term. So, so, we're not so, so you are talking to the guy who actually walked door to door to try to stop this partial tax <laughs> and save our uh, historic fire department. But there, there is one thing. They, if they get too much money... They supposedly give some, but back. I, I'll say <laughs> that I'll, I'll say I'll say that it creates an opportunity actually because there's actually uh, jurisdictions like Sunnyvale up in Northern California that have integrated their 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 public safety focused uh, agencies into one into one department, right. creating cost savings in the long run, but actually integrating so like a fire police department kind of yeah so a department of public safety and it's actually integrating their police fire uh, and EMS services together and a lot of people don't realize that fire departments actually over seventy five to eighty percent of their their services are actually medical related it's not fire related it's medical related they're responding to uh they're responding for ems services really and get, making sure that those folks have access to get to the treatment that they need um, and so i'd really like to see something like have a have a discussion about that because again the current the current funding funding source is not a sustainable option uh, and I think I'd like to see us have a greater conversation about that. But secondly, I'll say that I think more resources need to be put in terms of intervention and prevention in terms of our police yes. because too often we're responding to the problem and not getting involved in it and preventing it from actually happening. And which would save costs on arrests and everything else. Tax you know, money. A lot of that has to do with uh, providing a good education for kids and, and teaching them Absolutely. at a young age. Absolutely. Um, this is this giving them the resources to become successful and want to stay in our city. That's right. Uh, so our last uh, last few minutes, Ali. Uh, so for the future of San Bernardino, what what would you like to see for our future? 
You know what? That's such a broad question because anybody can just say, I want to see this. Yeah, this, is your, this. this is your, uh, but let this me is your just free time. break it down. <laughs> I'm not a politician. I don't any own any businesses. I don't have any backdoor agendas. I'm simply a mom that is putting kids through school in San Bernardino for a few years. And I got a couple, one of them who ditched English class today, but <laughs> <laughs> I got a few kids oh. in local schools. And I think it's just more, like I said, it's a necessity for change to happen. It's not fair that these little girls are walking by encampments. It's not fair that these little boys are being targeted by men hanging out in abandoned buildings and targeted by men hanging out at liquor stores. When you go to Redlands, you don't see dispensaries and liquor stores on every corner. But we're putting these in our corners and we're telling our kids, go be successful, walk by this drug building and this abandoned and this, that, and exposing our little girls. And it's sad that there's local politicians driving through these streets knowing that they're not giving their all. There's programs available, there's grants available, there's lack of communication where bridges can be built, and it takes small steps to make a small change. And if it changes five boys' lives or ten students' lives or five families from being able to afford rent and living in a car, then it's worth the change and it's worth standing on the soapbox. So I never wanted to be a politician, but um, we do a lot of change and we're owed a lot. So I'm willing to stand on the soapbox for our people and hopefully some change can happen. Well, we're going to get some change with uh, some new art projects, right? Uh, right. We're trying nice. to get $100,000 allocated to our commission. For a mural. Terrific. Yeah, so Ali's a commissioner with me on the Arts and Historical Preservation Terrific. Commission, and we just finalized uh, the grant stuff, and uh, we're sending it to council, so hopefully they'll vote. And we, I, I've been lobbying for a long time. <laughs> I'm sure you have too. Well, hopefully they're going to vote for that $100,000 to give to local artists. Well, well, we're Right now we're doing $5,000 for Blair Park Mural. Right. And some of that art was actually very interesting and beautiful and historical and, and some was more modern. And we got some incredible artists in you our community. You know what breaks Definitely. my heart is that I'm, I do, in, in, as a hobby, run a little local, little um, informative show where I try to bring light to a lot of artists and like robert said we're so overshadowed the only time you see san Bernardino in the news is for like a murder or a spin mm-hmm. out a car this and it's like we have so many great artists and Absolutely. poets and students and we have big universities we have we, have we have authors Nas- and everything nationally and we and, got all kinds yeah. of goodness and it's just these these really bad things like one bad thing destroys a thousand good i just things think it's time it. for change for san Bernardino. we have a lot to offer and uh maybe also the sun and some of the newspapers can be like hey you know like instead of a you know, I know people like to hear about murder and these other things, but maybe you make less of those articles and more about the good stuff. That We kind of have to do it ourselves yeah. and bring that light. That's right. Yeah. And, That's right. and I, I, I like people to be informed. That they should know if something bad happens in their neighborhood. But, like, they should also know if That we have the best burritos at Rosa Maria's. Yeah. Like, come on. Add that guacamole <laughs> to my bean and cheese. Oh, yeah. And, or... or Eat that Green Jack sandwich. Yeah. Or get that burger and steak at Celebrity. I just think it's time for us to get a different light on the Inland Empire, specifically San Bernardino. We're very capable of it if we just stand up and make the right decisions. Well, I want to thank you both for uh, coming on the show. I I do appreciate all the commissioners in the city of San Bernardino. And uh, and Allie's running for the the second ward. Uh, Alyssa Payne, you have to write in. What if they write Allie? They don't work. They're going to get a mean email from me. Yeah, no. <laughs> so as right, long as Alyssa, Payne's Alyssa there, Payne, yeah, let's yeah. get Alyssa Payne. But if it's Ellie, I'm hopefully it'll work. But yeah. Alyssa Payne, second word is a write-in. Okay, Alyssa Payne. And uh, um, ranked voting, uh, how, how can we find out more about that? Uh, well, you can go to our statewide uh, ranked choice voting coalition at calrcv.org. 
And what, what was your website? Melissa Payne on Facebook for Second Ward is a write-in. There you go. Right on. And uh, please stay tuned, team, for uh, ATLs coming on next. They got some good stuff to talk about. They get they go spiritual sometimes. They talk <laughs> about the community. They try to bring in uh, the, the, the good stuff that we got going on here and, and, and let you know what's going on in, in their lives. Um, uh, we want to thank them and uh, uh, stay tuned, team. And uh, uh, I, I'm, uh, we are out of here, brother. You ready? <laughs> are you ready, Eric? All right. Thanks, team. Thank you, Robert. Thank you. Brian Shook. The combat mission in the Ukrainian city of Mariupol is finished. That's